Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. Welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. Bruce, here we are again to really unpack something really valuable for users of infinite banking. And we wanted to do this quick episode on really helping you think through your options for accessing your policy cash value. Now, this is really going to be probably eye-opening for some of you because perhaps you didn't realize you had options, multiple options for accessing your cash value inside of your whole life insurance policy. And while we want to make sure that you have all of the information available to you, we also want to help you make decisions by sifting through what are the pros and cons. If I do something for one reason that is an advantage, what am I giving up on the other side? And we're going to start by saying, and Bruce, I hope I'm not stealing the words out of your mouth because we talked a little bit before this, but there's not one right way for everybody. It depends on what you're trying to accomplish. And so really, we're going to unpack today. What are your options for accessing your cash value inside of your life insurance policy? And what are the pros and cons? Why would you make certain decisions over others? And what are you giving up? Bruce, let's hear your thoughts before we dig in. Yeah, well, I, you know, we, we talked to a lot of business owners. I think business owners get this. I think I think non-business owners, W-2 employees who don't think entrepreneurial don't get this. It's about control. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give an example, and people are going to be absolutely floored about this. Um, if you do not pay your your, and don't quote me on this because I I'm not a CPA, but I think this is the rule. If you do not pay your taxes on time, April fifteenth, every year then they actually apply penalties and interest to it. And people get all bent out of shape about that. It's a, I think it's about 5% a month, I think. It might, it might be a half percent, but anyway, there's a cost to it. Okay. Well, I'll be happy we may, to tell you we've never paid our taxes late, so I don't know what that fee no, is. <laughs> I, pay, I, pay, I pay them late all the time. Okay. Um, and, and that's my point, not by me, but we have a business owner who has a tax bill this year of Mm. $575,000. And uh, we were talking the other day and he's like, you know, what's crazy is they're going to charge me a rate for not paying right away. And yet they've had $400,000 of refund of mine from last year that they're not going to give me any interest on it. Yes. Yeah. Um, And so he's decided he's not, he's not paying. He's going to pay, he's going to pay the 5% for a couple of months. Because to him, it's more important to control the capital than to have additional finance charges that he might incur if he, if he needs to go somewhere to access his line of credit or to use a, a business credit card. So all these things have to be considered. The cost of capital has to be considered. And all, but the other one is who's in control. Mm-hmm. And so as we talk about this, you have to understand that when you take a loan against your cash value f- from the insurance company, you're in control of the, of the repayment. So you got to, as we talk about this, think about why you're thinking about this. It's because you're used to 
you're used to thinking of loans from a perspective where you're not in control. Bruce, that was profound. Thank you for sharing that. I can, if you're in a situation, yes, owing $575,000 of capital, being willing to pay the finance charge for the for the sake of keeping control today of that 575000 I mean, that does make sense. But at the same time, most people would say, well, don't pay any interest. Get, get rid of it as quickly as possible so you don't have that interest. And I guess that's probably even what I was alluding to by saying we had never paid ours late. But at the same time, if you're in a position of wanting access and control of capital, that is a very wise and well-thought-out decision. So thank you for sharing that up front. So as we look at the options for accessing capital. Let me kind of lay this out here. We usually talk about policy loans. Now, a policy loan is where you borrow the insurance company's money from their general fund, and they put a loan or a lien against your policy values. Now, this is against your cash value and against your death benefit, and they provide you their cash you pay interest back to the life insurance company for the access and the use of that capital. And as you pay back the loan, the lien against your policy values is reduced so that you free up your death benefit and your cash value again to be fully used for the death benefit to be paid out fully if you were to pass away and for the cash value to be borrowed against again for another purpose. So that is the way that we typically talk about using your cash value inside your life insurance policy. But there are other options and potentially reasons why you would consider those other options. So another way is using a withdrawal. That word is very hard to say without sounding like I'm very country. Withdrawal. (laughs) That is when instead of taking a loan from the life insurance company, you actually take out your policy values. And so what happens is if you take out the amount of cash value that is less than what you've paid in, so less than your cost basis, that's the formal term, you will not be taxed on that amount of withdrawal. But if you take out more than what you've paid in, in premiums, you will pay tax on the portion that was growth beyond your paid in capital. Are we clear so far? Bruce, is there anything you need to clarify or want to clarify on those? We're going to come back to pros and cons in a second. Yeah, that's very clear. Okay. So a third option would be taking a a loan from a third party. We don't talk about this as, as often, but it is an option. What this would mean or look like would be going to another company that's not the life insurance company at all and saying, I have this policy. This asset. Yes, I have this asset and here's the cash value available to me in this asset. Will you provide me a loan using this cash value as collateral or a secured loan against this asset? That is an option for you. And so we're going to talk about when might you use that? Why might you do that? And what do you give up for doing that? What is the advantages and disadvantages of using these three different options in terms of accessing and using your cash value. Because, I mean, let's face it, the reason to use a life insurance policy is not just to put dollars in, get your growth rate, and eventually have your death benefit pay out. You have a living benefit that you can access and use all along your lifetime for any purpose that you need capital, any expense that you want to finance, any opportunity you want to purchase, 
You can use this for multiple investments throughout your lifetime to really accelerate and move money with the velocity of money to have it do more than just sit inside your life insurance policy. So Bruce, let's talk about the pros and cons. First, I'll say if you're going to look at a third party, I would say the number one reason why somebody may consider a third party over using a policy loan, if we were comparing those two options, would be the rate of interest. And I know this is, um, you know, opening the can of worms here, the rate of interest that you pay on that loan. So Bruce, I'm going to let you take it from here. And let's start by saying why we don't want to focus on interest rates. But that could be a reason why somebody chooses to access cash value from a third party. I would say it's the I would say it's the number one reason. I I can't think of another reason why a person would even consider doing it. This has actually come up in the last couple of years. I've never done it. We have had clients who have done it, and they've called me and asked me the pros and cons. And 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 in every situation, in the last two years, the numbers were always the same. So let's first talk about how does the interest rate of borrowing from a life insurance how company, how's it established? Well, it's loosely based on all the mutual companies that we represent. It's loosely based on the Moody's Bond Index. And the Moody's Bond Index is a series of bonds that um, they, they look at and they say, okay, well, this is, this is the, the free market determining what general borrowing, borrowing costs are. And then the Board of Governors decides what they actually will set to be competitive because it doesn't make any sense. A person would never utilize that um, form if, unless it's competitive. Mm-hmm. So they'll set the interest rate once a year and it stays for once a year. The companies that we re- represent on most of the products actually cap that. It's currently, as we talk in 2022, it's 5%. And they've actually capped it on most of their products at 8%. So they're allowed to to go up to 8%. I don't remember a time when it was less than than about 4.75%. It may have been, but I don't remember a time at that time. Now, there have been some companies that are like 4% compared to 5%, but then you have to look at how they're applying that interest. Because some compounded every day, some only some compounded, and, and then they apply it once a month. Some of them compounded every day, but they only apply it at the end of the year. Some, some of them uh, you need to consider. Then, is it is it where I'm going to make a consistent payback, or am I just going to pay at the end of the year because of those different things? Now let's compare it to an outside source. Why would anybody ever even can compare it to an outside source? Well, the the reason that I, my, our clients have always given us is, hey, it's 5% here. It's only 3.75%. In every case, it was 3.75%. Now, that is a free market amount. So that particular company has decided we can make money at 3.75% that we're comfortable with. If we raise it to 5%, then people won't use our services. I'm, I'm making these numbers up, but you can see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep it at why three Why go points. there if I can get the right. same interest rate at the life insurance company? Well, you might, right, exactly. Uh, or, an, or another place. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, but every time I talk to my clients about this, I say, okay, now what's the difference between the two? What are you giving up? Because we talk about this all the time in, a, in financial services. Mm-hmm. If you're gaining something at one hand, more than likely you're losing it in another hand. So what, you, what you're gaining is when you have a loan at the insurance company, the only part they're collateralizing is the part that is the size of the loan. So if you have $200,000 of life insurance cash value and you have a $10,000 loan, they only collateralize $10,000. They do not collateralize the entire $200,000. Some of the companies actually will collateralize or have you assign the entire cash value to the company and you cannot access the rest. I'm not saying they all do it because some of them don't, but you have to look at that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that's a big deal too. Because it's a huge deal. If you so, what you're saying is, if I have my life insurance policy, I've got a hundred thousand dollars of cash value. I take a loan for fifty thousand, and next week I want to access the other fifty thousand with my life insurance loan. I can do that because I still have a hundred or fifty thousand more left of collateral available to be used, and there's nothing preventing me from doing that. What you're saying though is, if you go to a third party. And they're collateralizing, or they're um, having you assign the entire policy to them, and you've only borrowed against half of your cash value, and you want to access the other half of your cash value. You're saying that's a no go. Can't do it. It well, I you you can't you cannot do it unless you go through them. <laughs> you know, you could ask them if if you can have another loan, um, and they and although they probably would do it, they don't have to do it. But by contract, the insurance company has to do it. Good clarification. So that's, that's one thing to consider. Another big thing to consider is every time you make a payment to the third party, in every case that I've seen, just like a car loan, part of the payment is going towards interest. A big part of the early payments are going towards interest. And only a smaller part is going towards principal. When you make a policy loan payment, to the insurance company, the entire amount goes through principal. They do not apply the interest until your anniversary date. So that means that obviously, if you pay it off sooner, you're going to save interest. Now, on the third party, if you pay it off sooner, you're going to save interest too. But you have not been, you uh, have only been paying down the principal a little bit. If you're paying principal payments over here and all of the principal, all the payments are going towards principal, you're paying down the principal much quicker that way. So the other thing to take- Let's just talk about that. Oh, go ahead. Hang on one second. Yeah. That also means that that principal payment is released and that is available for you right away again. Yes. Where the principal payment over here, you make $1,000 and only- 300, 300 goes to principal, that 300 could be released if you did another loan. If you make a $1,000 payment over here with the insurance company, all $1,000 go to principal. And if you want it back next week, as long as they can, you can prove the check is cleared, you can have the $1,000 back next week. Exactly. Bruce, I didn't mean to talk over you. I was going to make that exact point. I was just hoping that you would cover that. So, so 
Whereas if you're loaning through a third party, sometimes the attractive nature is not just that you can have a lower interest rate, but that you can make interest-only payments. Sounds attractive because it sounds like, well, I can make a lesser payment instead of making the full payment, I could just make interest-only payments, which then is you know, making sure that I, I, I don't have to pay as much. The problem though, is that if you think about the whole circumstance, what Bruce just shared, if you're making a principal payment, you're releasing the lien against your policy value so that you can borrow more tomorrow or next week. If you're making an interest-only payment, you're not re- freeing, and I am making up that word here, Bruce, and I just had a whole conversation about making up words. You're not freeing up again. You're not additionally um, making capital available because you've paid interest only. You have not released the the principal to borrow against again. Well, even if you, and even if you did release it, you'd have to do a whole new loan again. So let's talk about that. So, so with the life insurance company, you just have access to the capital for the policy loan because it's a contractual guarantee, but you're saying we've got to qualify over here with a third party. How does that work? Yeah. I've, I've never seen where they just say, well, it's like a line of credit. So um, once you release it, then we'll let you have it again. Now there may be products out there like that. I've never seen them, but let's say you're paying down and you pay down half of it. And if you want it again, you have to apply again for that. Now, like I said, as this becomes more and more prevalent, then maybe they will have more of a line of credit situation. We recently had a client who um, had to assign his entire cash value to a bank uh, for an, for a, a different situation, but it would be similar for an SBA loan. And mm-hmm. as he's paying down his SBA loan, um, it, the, <laughs> he would he he said, "Well." I'd like to have the rest of my cash value now to actually make improvements with my on my building, and they wouldn't release it until he paid all the SBA loan down. Mm, yeah. So it was very frustrating for him. So you're out of the, the whole theme of this of this podcast should be rates of return are seldom the only thing you can consider, and yet this happens all the time. People are just considering rates. It's actually about control, mm-hmm. control, control, control. And business owners understand that. And so if W2 people can understand it, then I think they should learn a lot from business owners. Yes. Yeah, so rate of return would be, um, not rate of return, the interest rate would be potentially even a distraction from the main thing of control. If you can weigh every decision in light of control, you'll recognize when the interest rate is not that important and shouldn't be the primary driver of your decision. So let's talk about as well. So usually if you're going through a third party, they're not having real-time reporting of your policy values. So what I mean is that say I've got a third party loan over here against my cash value and now I've made a premium payment I'm in a new year of the policy. My cash values have increased. The dividend has been paid out. Uh, I've, I'm getting the interest crediting in the policy. At whatever point I took out the loan, maybe it was last year, maybe it was four years ago, they had my old policy values. Are they, 
are they recognizing now that I have twice as much cash value available to me, or do I have to report that over to them? And from what I know, usually you have to report your policy values over to the third party. And so if you're reporting on a semi-annual or annual or quarterly basis, that's when they're getting the updated policy information. It's not an automatic um, reporting as as you have with the insurance company, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Correct. Anything else you want to share on that piece? No, because I think it's just there's too many there's too many examples or too many variations, I should sure, say, sure. on all that. Okay, I well, think that's here, enough. Let's talk about the probably what I would what I would consider the most important one. Let's talk about the repayment of the loan. Now, normally we talk about with a life insurance policy, if you're taking a policy loan, you have not only the contractual right and privilege to be able to take a policy loan as a policyholder, you have unstructured payments, which means you can pay back when and how you choose. If you set your own life up to repay the loan within a five-year time frame, and you're making monthly payments back to the loan or to the insurance company for the purpose of paying down the loan, which then frees up the capital in your policy, you can pay back on that schedule if you choose. If you chose to amortize that over 30 years and make different payments that would have paid it off incrementally over 30 years, you can choose to do that. If you chose to let your interest accrue on the loan for three years, and then you somehow had an infusion of capital, whether you flipped a property or you sold an asset, and now you want to pay off the whole loan in one bucket load all at once, you can do that too. How does that element, the unstructured loan repayment and the control that it gives you, how is that different if you're working through a third party? Well, there is. I'm going over this with a dental client right now. He is structuring. He's trying to decide whether he should use his cash value rather than a five-year lease payment for some dental equipment. And it's, it's the dental equipment lease is less. However, there's a prepayment penalty. Mm. So prepayment. So if I pay it off early, if you, if you pay it off early, it doesn't make any difference. You still got to pay the interest. Mm. So there's no reason to pay it off. So, you know, you're going to pay the interest for those five years, where if he uses his cash value, it was actually a higher rate. But he, if he pays it off early, he only pays the rate at the time period that he actually has the loan. So this comes back down to where Nelson used to say, rates don't matter. It's the mm-hmm. volume of how much you're paying. So the interest rate at the insurance company is higher than the rate he's paying at the leasing company, but the leasing company is going to get their money for five years, no matter what, because of the prepayment penalty. And the insurance company is a higher rate, but if he pays it off less or uh, before five years or any time, he only pays interest on the time and they actually had his money. So the volumes could potentially be considerably less. And this is, this is something that we've gone over in the show before, that you have to understand that who is in control? Who is in control? So from the insurance company, you're actually in control of the repayments. You could pay back more. Actually, we, we talked about this. We said, hey, 
you may want to do a combination of the two, take a, a lesser lease payment and, and a lesser payment or, um, excuse me, a, a loan from the bank, uh, your own personal bank, the insurance company. And, and that way, you actually have additional capital still in your cash value so that you can control the terms. You could actually use that cash value to make the lease payment if you had to, if your dental practice didn't grow as fast as you thought you were going to do. Because what would happen is, and I've seen this within, and listen to all you business owners out there, the best time, and we've had a business credit guy on the show before, the best time to get business credit is before you start your business, not afterwards. Because when you do it before, they base it on projections. When you do it after, they base it on real numbers. And if they see those numbers are not following the projections, they will not give you credit. So don't use all your capital up thinking, I'm going to be able to actually pay that capital back to my loan. You, you want to get the business credit and you could always pay it off using your cash value as a loan to make the payments to the leasing company. It's yes. Very similar to what we say with people. We, we don't have a, a, a dog in this fight. We don't care if you want to pay your house off, but we think you ought to not pay extra to your house because you're losing control. You should build up your cash value to a point where it equals your mortgage and then pay it off all at one time because then you're in total control. Mm -hmm. of your life situation. It's a very similar concept. Yes. I think, I mean, you just opened another option. I mean, we could even say a third or a fourth option would be go get a loan and don't use your life insurance at all. I mean, just because you have cash value in your policy doesn't mean that's the one funding source you should use at every time. And I mean, Bruce, to your point, if you have cash value, it might be more valuable to go get a outside loan and even on, have- On your own merits though, not on the cash value. Do not yes. collateralize yes. the cash value on your own merits. And if you do that, then you still have your cash value available to be used for something else. So the amazing thing is that you want to think about how do you have the most options and the most control? Now, how you get into the position of having the most options and the most control is to fund your life insurance policy as quickly as possible and go ahead and get that started soon, fund it with as much capital as you can. And then you're in a position of saying, well, now I have the cash value. I can use it if I choose. I can withdraw if I really want to. I can borrow against it with a third party if that's the best option for me at the time, but make sure you weigh the pros and cons or go get a completely separate loan and keep your cash value intact. So I think we've covered the full range here, but I think the main priority is to keep yourself in a position of control. And the more control you have, the less restrictions, the less begging and qualifications you are required to have from some outside source to access your capital, the better position of control you are in because then you have the power to make decisions. Bruce, anything else you want to add before we close? It's all about control. Amen.
All right. So if you're listening and you say, I want to be in that position of control, I am interested in finding out more about infinite banking, or I want to use it for myself, you can do many things. You can send us an email at hello at themoneyadvantage.com. You can put a comment, drop a comment here if you're listening on, or if you're watching on YouTube, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. You can send us a comment through Apple Podcasts if you're listening later on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you're watching. We love being able to provide this content for you. And if you are saying, how do I take that next step? We would encourage you to go to themoneyadvantage.com. Right on that homepage, there's a button that you can click to get an appointment with an advisor right now. And what that does is allows you to start talking about your individual situation, your goals, your your ideal um, bespoke tailored strategy just to exactly what you need to accomplish given your financial landscape so that you can make the best decisions possible and be in a position of control. Thank you for being with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time. And in closing, please remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd and build a life and business you love. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and registered investment advisor both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.